Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to Manx Radio's Countryside Podcast with Kiri Kermode and Simon Clark. And a bit of a TT theme to it this week. Uh, I went along to the Glen Willen campsite, obviously. Uh, the news that the Michael Commissioners had given up their lease with it. And uh, I spoke to the new people, some of the new people who were involved in running the campsite. So uh, very enthusiastic they were as well about it because uh, it's a lovely location down there, isn't it? It really is. And especially this year for their first season with all the sunshine bringing the bikers over and just people locally wanting to go and camp. It's just ideal for them to get started. Yeah, and they've got, uh, I suppose, a whole summer to look forward to. I'm not saying that the weather <laughs> is going to be like this for the rest of the year, so there'll be challenges ahead, but at least they're, they're enthusiastic about it and they're not scared to, to find out what the campers uh, are wanting. Oh, wonderful. So we'll find out a lot about that in the programme. Also, um, I went along and met up with some of the people who were involved in running the Isle of Man Scout movement because this year they're celebrating 100 years of the Cub side of the scouts and uh, I spoke to four of the people leaders I suppose I can call them all in different areas as well you know from teaching survival some of them are teaching um, water skills and kayaking and getting involved in all of course outdoors mm-hmm. uh, activities um, and of course you know yourself you'll have heard about the the brownies and all side of it but the, the cub scouts uh, and the scouts and the, the older ones now as well are getting uh, a little bit more adventurous and trying to get away from from the sort of image that they've been tarred with over the years and these ones are helping them do it and getting a lot more members so that's so encouraging well this is it with bear grills and such like on tv now it's really children aspire to be like him and want to get in the outdoors and the scouts is a perfect way to do it isn't it really yes it would be and also you find out uh, about a new award and uh, particularly close to our hearts as well a really lovely award presented by margaret kenyuk in the memory of john uh, is going to the Braid of Stedford for the best article of the night. And this year it went to Zoe Cannell with a lovely poem about John. It was really, really great. Yeah, so you'll hear that uh, in Countryside this evening. So just sit back and enjoy it. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. <laughs> Reigns of running the Glen Willen campsite were handed over in early April to a new group of people who have made a few changes and are pretty satisfied with how things have gone so far. It's a pretty busy time at the campsite over the TT period, so I went along to speak to James Hooper and firstly Michael Denteth to find out how they were going with things. Fantastic. Especially now in TT, it's amazing. Is it what you you thought it would be? I mean, when you when you first decided um, you were going to go into this, I mean, you knew the TT was coming, and obviously living on the Isle of Man, you know what it can be like. Uh, being actually in the thick of it, how does that? Well, I've always worked, I've worked in a petrol station for twelve years, so I knew how busy it can get in TT. But uh, yeah, this is just crackers. But it's only going to get better. But it's brilliant because the people that are here. Yeah, they make it really good. And how did you decide to get into this side of it? Obviously, you must have heard about the, the Michael Commissioners giving up, up the lease part of it. How did it arise from there? Well, I stopped working in November, and then one of my friends told me that Glen Willen was up for lease, and then me and James were looking into doing something with pods anyway around the island. So I sent this to him. And then we started putting a business plan together. Is that the, the tough bit, getting all that together, of deciding yeah, what you're yeah. going to put forward? Well... I was actually booked to go to Asia and then I got this, 
So I was I was in Cambodia at the time, and I was trying to send my ideas across to them and stuff. And they were doing they were staying up all night getting the business plan together, and then yeah, and then we sent the business plan in, and then we got selected for an interview, and I was back for that. James, how excited were you at the prospect of putting in for it to start with? The prospect of it was daunting. Just the worry of not getting it, really. We set our hearts on on it, and it was just, you know, I had a steady job, I had a good job, was well looked after, the same job for 13 years. And uh, the changeover from going from that into this was, you know, it was scary, but it was definitely the right move. you always been the outdoor type of fella? Yeah, I've had... Caravans for, for about seven years, caravans, motorhomes, uh, always go camping, out with the kids and so yeah, it's, it's something that we've got a you know, massive passion for. I suppose that put you in good stead, knowing what, you know, with, with camping yourself, knowing what people like and what they prefer. Well yeah, and also with the campsites over here, there's nothing really, you know, the, there is lots of nice campsites but there's nothing mind-blowing and that's what we're hoping to try and build up here is to build you know, a unique thing. We've got beach volleyball courts going in straight away this year. We've got bouncy castles. We're doing like fun days, sports days. We've got out to play coming up, forager walks. Ideas for Christmas, ideas for Halloween. You look that far ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got other people that we know that can come and help us and so we've got, big plans. Yeah, because yeah, uh, again, not just the campsite side of it, making it more of a sort of an outdoor yeah. activity. Anything that can get youngsters or, or old people away from Coronation Street or, yeah. or, or tablets. Yeah, no, definitely. We just want, I think the Alamar needs something, something new, something fresh and just somewhere where you can bring the kids and, and enjoy it. And it's not just about the TT. We want somewhere for the people over here in the summer where it's like there's stuff happening every day of the week. And that's what we're hoping to bring with it, really. How have you found the, the public from away? They're very good? Everybody's been brilliant. Mm. Yeah, they're all happy with us. And so the locals, to be honest, we've had numerous people coming in saying they can see the difference, like especially the TT people, the difference in the campsite, and it's got a better vibe about it, more and more positive feedback than what we, what we actually thought we'd get. And from, from all the campsites on the Isle of Man that would have been available, would, would this have been one of the top ones on your list to pick? It's easily, you've got the sunset every night, you've got a river, you've got glens out the side, you've got a park, and it's big. Beach. Yeah, and the beach, yeah, massively the beach. You've got the summer ahead, obviously the TT, there might be a bit of a lull after that, but, I mean, is it completely nothing then, or have you got sort of bits and pieces planned for the summer and people booked in already? Yeah, well, we've got yeah. corporate days, we've got one booked in, we've got another one that's booking in with us, we've got birthday birthday children's birthday parties, so we're building it up that way, really, and... and you know, that, that'll bring the income in. We've got the burger van, which will be opening on the Friday and Saturday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even after TT, because that's ours now, so that'll be here for the locals as well. So, And what about uh, your roles? Do you all have certain roles, or do you have to be sort of adaptive to anything? We pretty much chip in with everything, all of us, like uh, like cutting the grass, to me and James putting all the tents up. But obviously the, the, there's more to just uh, yourselves involved. Who else is uh, sort of uh, helping you out? We've got a couple of friends that have helped us out for TT. You know, because you just need extra staff and they've been really, really helpful. Yeah, Paul and Leanne especially have been top, haven't they? Yeah, you know, and, and they, they're coming up and, the, you know, they help us out massively. We've got a friend, uh, William. Well, he's made all the benches for us and he just, we, we literally just pay 
pay for the ward and he comes up and makes them all so it's everything's just falling into place really so you seem to uh, have a lot of people supporting you anyway so it sounds good so far yeah. you need it you definitely need it otherwise you couldn't just stall by yourself if you haven't got all the friends and the support I just uh, wouldn't and daffer have been absolutely amazing to us as well they've been completely 100% behind us to, you know help us wherever we need it and they're always, you know, they're always there for us, which is a, it's a brilliant working relationship with them. Lots of uh, people milling around at the moment, young and old as well, uh, Michael. But, I mean, have you, have you had to encounter any turbulence yet? Oh, not really, no. Uh, it's a, we want it to be a family-run campsite, so we're not really up for partying. But uh, the police are, like, they're really good. They're here all the time. And then we like, like that so people can see them around. So the down, they support us. We're very, you know, we're very strict on the noise. Because like, like we say, we do, it is a family campsite now and that's how it's being run. And we're quite lucky in the way we've got a good working relationship already with the, with the local police and, and they are brilliant. James Hooper and Michael Dentith, some of the people involved in running the Glen Willand campsite. And uh, a busy time over the TT period it is, but uh, enjoying it, even though it's pretty hard work because I suppose it's straight into it with that sort of thing, isn't it? Up in the morning to get meet them off the boats and cooking and washing and keeping everything clean and tidy and making it, uh, as they say, as family-friendly as they can. So really enthusiastic about it. And they've had the good weather this year as well, Simon. You know, it's not every TT we have such glorious sunshine, so I suppose it's a fab start to their business really yeah maybe that's one of the drawbacks i suppose if it's raining i just put it there (laughs) it's baking sun at 20 or 30 degrees can we have a a plot in the shade please but uh, but they're they're really enthusiastic about what they want to do for the future as well and and just in you know bringing the as they say they've got the river there they've got the sea there the lovely view they've got the park facilities already there and they're getting a lot of help from um deffer and people like that as well so uh, it's really encouraging and i suppose um you know people they weren't sure how they were going to start <laughs> off in it but yeah but if you've got enthusiasm like they said they didn't know what to expect but they were just willing to get in there and get stuck in so uh, a lot of hours but i'm sure it'll be well worth it in the end well, this is it and plus people don't particularly like to travel either nowadays so it's nice to stay at home and if they've got a, a place like that to go to then it's all the better yeah and i suppose if, if people are coming over and enthusiastic about the bikes it's just enough away from the course oh, where the families ideal. if they don't like it can can stay on the campsite and there's plenty to do for them absolutely well i thought you if uh had enough of the braid after your late night the last time when you were at the uh, Steadford, but uh, <laughs> you were there um, to find out about a new award that was uh, being presented. I popped along to their recent AGM to see a lovely award presented in the memory of John Kenyuk by his wife Margaret. This year the award was presented to Zoe Cannell for a poem, and I popped along to listen to her recite it. Okay, this is a poem that I wrote in tribute to John Kenyuk. Uh, My life with John Kenyuk crossed over quite a lot in the ten years since I returned to the Isle of Man because I would always be coming to the Braid of Steadford each year and I would see him a lot at the Guild, which I'm heavily involved in, and also because he was a magistrate and I'm the clerk for the court for the magistrates and because of the church involvement. So it was somebody who I came into contact with a lot and greatly admired and I, I really did feel a loss of him um, last uh, September when he died, so um, I did want to pay tribute to him, and I felt that the braid was a, an excellent occasion to do that because uh, he was a, an adjudicator here for, for so many years. 
and I entitled it Dear John, and I basically based it around the day of the funeral because even though it was a sad day, it was so phenomenal, the, the people and the, the spirit and the tributes that I don't think that could be ever captured somehow. Okay, it's entitled Dear John. Our Isle's skies were blue and the harvest sun shone as we headed to St John's to say goodbye to dear John, to gather together a true Manx congregation, people nodded and greeted with a real sense of occasion. Great and good in attendance, what a fitting affair. He might not have been present, but we felt John was there. Filing into the chapel or the neighbouring marquee, sitting, crouching or standing, a sorrowed community. Background tunes from the organ, there was chatter at ease as we waited for the service, sharing fond memories. But as we came to accept this fine man had passed on, we guessed things will never be quite the same without John. At a funeral so moving, murmured hums from the crowd, eulogies powerfully poignant, oh yes, John would have been proud. Not a breath of a breeze, but the worship was proof that a mighty Manx meeting can sure raise a roof. Hymn singing so rousing, a thousand voices as one, as we supposed life will never be quite the same without John. To pay homage to John Kenyuk, well, where does one commence? As John was involved in a mix of diverse local events. A farmer, a preacher, representing our isle, parish captain, presenter, with a welcoming smile. A magistrate, entertainer on whom we depend, a father, grandfather, a husband, a friend. A judge at the Braid of Stedford, with Glen Faber he'd sing. A passion for T.E. Brown, ah, that's the beauty of the thing. A commissioner, guild faithful, a star of the screen. A life lived to the max until 2015. And Manx accents like John's were so rich and so rare. He might not have been present, but we could almost hear John was there. Ellen Vannon, so beautiful, with a soft, touching tone. John's final journey over and its busy cares flown. It's what he would have wanted is a cliche they say. But John couldn't have predicted such grand tributes that day. Mourners from Michael, Malou, Lon and Lazare. He might not have been present, but we imagined John there. Someone stays in our hearts, though their body has gone. But we realise life will never be quite the same without John. Outside the Methodist church, what a scene to evoke. Looking down the main road, literally hundreds of folk. Hiya fella, all right, yes Hey gal, how are you? A guard of honour was formed as John's casket went through. And like Tim Mulday meeting up at the fair, he might not have been present, but we sensed John was there. And as we dispersed to our homes far and near, 
we'll miss John as occasions he went to each year. Earth time is short, John would want us to rejoice in the life that God gave us with vigour and voice. And yes, we must recognise that life does go on, but we know that things will never be quite the same without John. That was Zoe Cannell with her recitement of a poem for John. Wonderful that um, something like that has been set up because uh, I had the pleasure, and I must say the pleasure, mm-hmm. of doing Countryside with John uh, for 12, over 12 years, Kerry, and uh, you know time. how challenging uh, this job can be Absolutely. and rewarding as well. And uh, there's so much that John got involved in and still had time to come up here tractor running still in the field and nipping up to do bits and pieces with it and it's it's lovely that um he can be remembered in as fondly as as he was liked by by everybody oh he was liked by everybody and and it was lovely to hear zoe and her poem was so passionate and it really did feel like he was there that day and yeah it it really summed it up nicely and uh, for margaret to present it it was really it was nice to be there real privilege margaret would be really pleased and the family as well it's a such thing and Everyone there appreciated us so much as well. A fitting tribute. Absolutely. You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, this year it's the 100th anniversary of the Cub Scouts, part of the, uh, starting from such a young age, I think in the Beavers and the Cub Scouts and then the Ordinary Scouts, and I think it moves up to Explorers, and I think there's uh, one or two more uh, ranks after that. I went along and spoke to some of the people who are involved in running the Isle of Man Scout movement. And first I spoke to Guy Thompson, the Isle of Man Commissioner of the Scouts. Well, Guy Thompson, you're the the Isle of Man Scout Commissioner. Uh, Tell us about that role, first of all. I've been in that role for two and a half years now, and basically the role is to manage both scouts and the leaders island-wide. This year, on our census, we grew by 10%, so now we've got well over a 1,000 young people and leaders combined. It is a, a, we obviously have girls as well as boys. People think, oh, the, the Scout or the Cub movement, the Beavers, the, you've just got to go to the one place, but it, it's spread around the island. We've got 13 groups, four down in the south of the island. Then there's Douglas, Onken, Laxey, Peel, Balaf, Moran. So, we're, yes, we're spread all, all over the island. And as well as the 13 Scout groups, we also have six Explorer units, and the Explorers are for the older children between... 14 and 17. Now this year has been a particularly big year for one of the age groups. Yes, Cubs, we are celebrating 100 years of Cub Scouting this year. We're commemorating that with various special events, both nationally and on the island. We've got some events coming off later this year. So yeah, Cubs is one of the largest sections that we have, so it's marvellous to see us participating in these activities. You mentioned the Explorers, which I think is probably the oldest group. How many how many groups is there? Uh, well, the Explorers, they're called units, wow. and there's six units, again, spread out throughout the island. From Explorers, when they become 17 or 17 and a half, then there's a fifth section called Scout Network, and that brings the age group up to 25 years old, by which time many of them, of course, are leaders. 
And what about the youngest ones? How old do you have to be before you can join? Six years old. That's their beaver scouts. Six to eight. And then it's cubs after that. And then the, the scouts themselves, is it? Scouts are ten and a half to fourteen. And sometimes a bit of a problem with ten and a half year olds and the fourteen year olds together, but it's something that we have to manage. Mm. Sometimes it could be said it'd be better to go with school years, but we don't. We go with age groups. Well, Julie Lees, uh, tell us about your role. I'm the AIC for recruitment, and I also coordinate many of the All Ireland Scout events that we do outdoors. Now, we're here at, I suppose, I, I would call it the Isle of Man Scout Camp here, just at the dip at Silverdale. What's the proper title for this area? It's Mullnacarty, though many people will know the whole area of Scouts Glen. How long have you been based here? The Scouts have owned this glen for several years now. It used to be owned by Moran, who gifted it to the island. We've spent in recent years a lot of time and money doing the place up. We've got an indoor building now, we've got a traverse wall, we've got abseil platform. Along the top we've got a blindfold trail, there's lots of different activities that we can run from here. The scouts have also adopted the glen itself. We go up once in a while, prune back the overgrown briars, ferns, just to keep it a bit tidy so the public can use it without getting caught. What sort of activities um, do they range from? Obviously, the more technically challenging details, uh, the older they get, I'd imagine. The older they get, the more we can do with them, but we do lots of expeditions. We do hikes, orienteering, up letterboxing up the hills. They'd have bike rides, we go rock climbing up on the rock face itself. We've got pioneering, survival, kayaking, foraging, navigation, raft building, the list is endless. How do they take to these challenges? I mean, a lot of them, it'll, of course, it'll be new to them, but, I mean, do many give up or are they quite determined? Some give up, but the majority do enjoy the challenges and it never ceases to amaze me if I organise an expedition, how many children will come out knowing they're going to walk for two nights and camp overnight instead of being at home playing on their Xbox. It's absolutely great just to get them out, try something new, and they love it. Well, James Sandell, you're the in charge of survival sort of techniques, eh? Yeah, basically, I'm the um, island skills instructor for bushcraft and survival. So what that entails is going to various groups and teaching uh, fire lighting, knife and axe skills, shelter building, backwards cooking, foraging. This has been a big thing on TV recent times, uh, Ray Mears, Bear Grylls. Has this helped in a way? Bear Grylls has been uh, a very large influence in scouting. He's sort of changed the image, in my opinion. It's moving away from the dib, dib, dib and uh, boys in shorts and patrol hats and uh, it's becoming very popular now. The survival sort of techniques and things like that, I mean, they'll probably be watching them on the television you get a chance to actually teach them the practical side of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the jumping off the cliffs, that's not my area, that's more Steve's. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of it's safety, so, I mean, they're going to go and do it at home anyway, so if we can teach them how to do it safely, they can learn to do it responsibly. Is it another thing as well that, you know, they're not just left to do it on their own, it gives them a chance maybe to put a couple of different personalities together and, and see how they team build? Yeah, team building is a, a very large component to it and uh, it's very good, like I said before, a life skill in terms of building confidence when they're adults. Well, Steve Herndon, your role? I am the ARC for activities, um, which covers all the adventurous um, ones like kayaking, rock climbing, um, abseiling, the camping siders as well as the hiking and hill walking. 
Or all the dangerous activities, or or, um, or do people portray them as dangerous? Well, they can be classed as dangerous, but I think more adventurous is the right term. I mean, because crossing the road could be classed as, mm-hmm. as dangerous, so it's... Um, with the right level of training skill, the danger's limited yeah. as such. So, Do they get a bit nervous to start with or the kids have got this sort of no-fear attitude? With the kids, you will find there's a wide spectrum. Some are scared but conquer their fears. Yeah. Um, some turn up with a no-fear, cocky attitude, but once they're doing it the fear kicks in so it, so it can reverse it can the ones you think the ones you think are going to be or really think they can do easily big and brave yeah, yeah it can right. change quickly when you're hanging off a rock face or platform with a rope around you yeah. is that what sort of is great from your perspective where you see the quiet shy retiring sort of ones that's blossoming really good. yeah that's really good i've had some here at the Absol platform, they were um, nervous, but yeah. once they tried, they blossomed and loved it and wanted to go again and again. Yeah. Well, there's some of the people involved in keeping the Isle of Man scout movement alive. Steve Hemden, before that James Sandell, Julie Lease and Guy Thompson first of all and it's great that they've all got such different roles and a lovely spot at the bottom of Silverburn dip there where they're really making a good job of trying to make it uh, more more activities for the scouts to get involved in and such influences that they're getting on on the television as well when the when Steve was mentioning about the Bear Grylls side of things they oh, love yeah. that adventure thing but uh, kayaking and the abseil and everything they get involved in and been such a, a big part as well over the years the scout movement of course on the scoreboards at the tt Kerry, haven't they oh yeah they've been there for donkey's years now haven't they but it's lovely to see them come out and, and do their little bit and mm. you know it's a great organization to be involved in all all the way up like you said from the beavers up to the scouts and same with the girls for the brownies and the guides it's it's a great way to learn survival skills and and skills for life generally yeah, and I always think uh, when I'm up at the grandstand, I always try and get up there once uh, for the TT. Um, but I always think whether any of them scouts are sort of 40 or 50 years old, just pretending to be still that age, you know, you get that impression. But it's great that they're, they're just trying to move it away to, to, you know, encourage a lot more people. And, and rightly so, you get them outdoor activities. It, it's better for everyone, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are, another countryside for you. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, It's uh, involved scouts and uh, new campsite uh, personnel who are running it at Glen Willen and also uh, a lovely new award uh, that we've seen presented and heard that uh, lovely rendition by Zoe uh, Zoe Camel. It was really nice. It was. That's all, though, for this week. We'll be back the same time next week. So from me, Simon Clark, And me, Kerry Kermit. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds, and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shore.com.
Terms and conditions apply.